0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. This is Twist Gaming, where you get to play board games with us. Coming to you live right now with the Great Game Hunters podcast, where we go through the ins and outs of these strategies of Kingdom Death Monster and all of the specific monsters there. Uh, but first off, let's get some introductions out of the way. As usual, I am your host, Matt, joined with the other two hosts, Josh and Fenn. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, hello. Uh Hi. And uh, we're here to bring you all the good strategies, all the good stuff uh, for Kingdom Death Monster. Uh, So just a brief recap. Last episode, uh, what did we go over there, gents?
1: Well, last episode with us, we were going over the flower night. We were finishing that up. But there was a special episode with Fen, myself, and Gray and Najik. Am I pronouncing that right, Fen? You are? Yep. Um, and we've talked about how it is to be a new player in Kingdom Death and, and just had a little chat for a little bit. About uh, the speed bumps
0: that you commonly see when you're first starting up the game?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the two people I play Kingdom Death with the most.
0: Awesome. Uh, so today we are talking about a uh, fairly unique monster to the game. Uh, it's the Lion Knight. So this is a series, uh, one of the series of knights that are within Kingdom Death Monster, but this one definitely has a... Pretty unique flavor all its own. And uh, Finn, you want to give us a little bit of backstory here on the Lion Knight? What do you know about it?
2: Uh, well, okay. There's uh, quite a bit to go through. Um, let's start off with uh, the fact that the Lion Knight comes from the Holy Lands, which is the place ruled by the Golden Entity. Uh, if you guys remember much about that, um, you, uh, the intention originally was for kingdom death labyrinth to be set in the holy lands do you remember any of that josh
1: um, a little bit we i know we have talked about it before
2: yeah so the lion knight is one of three iterations of the lion knight he's the middle one um the first lion knight is um a complete failure he um uh he can see a few moments into the future but he can't see the present at all so he's uh, sort of like detached from Time. He's completely mad. He's deemed too unstable to lead the gold lead the golden entities' armies, which is the intention of the lion knight. Uh, so he was stuffed down in the golden labyrinth, um, and he spends his time. He attracts the wailing smoke, which is like a byproduct of the golden entities' process of like making turning people into hive type monsters. Um, so he spends his time down there chatting with the wailing smoke. Um, <clears throat> The third lion knight, we don't know anything about, but we can assume he's the success because uh, if the lion knights intended to lead, and the first one's down in the labyrinth, and the second one is swanning off around spending his time acting out plays with survivors, then you'd assume the third one is is the successful one. Um, the uh, it's probably worth sort of for those who don't know too much about the Holy Lands. It's kind of from what I've gathered geographically. Sort of adjacent to the plain of stone faces, which has been loosely referred to as the king's lands. Um, and it's, um, we don't know too much beyond the fact that the white lions are very prevalent there. Um, that's a large part of the motif of the people. Well, I say people, the, the hive of the golden entity. The golden entity itself is kind of a, uh, what's it described as? Like a, uh, sort of a shapeless thing. Hang on. Yeah, um, like, uh, the entity is itself, like, we're not really told too much about um, what it looks like, but um, it has a whole hierarchy of different sort of creatures created. Uh, there's the forge god, who's that gigantic model. Um, that guy, like, produces the holy steel literally by sweating it out. Uh, he makes the mothers, the grandmothers, and the white knights. Um, the There's the forge priest, who the forge priest is the master of the forge, uh, you have the grandmothers and the mothers. The grandmothers give birth to the, um, the chosen, the blessed ones. They're like, um, they're created in the entity's self-image. They're sort of big, gigantic, muscular, angelic individuals. Um, and they work as sort of the eyes of the entity in the same way that the the kingsmen are the eyes of the hand. Um, so, uh, and then, then you've got the wet nurse, which is like a sterile creature, Bread to feed milk to the born uh, like children who are born basically abducted and taken away and they're they're turned essentially into like um, honeybees they they're, they're completely reprogrammed and then you've got the like the white knights uh, sort of like battle drones uh, so all of that and the um the whole motif for the golden entity seems to be stolen from the silver city um, or like based on a lot of the lion motifs of the silver city. So it's quite possible, although we don't know that there was a war between the golden city and the silver city and the golden city won, and the golden entity took all of the motifs and went, this is, this is mine now. So the second lion knight is, um, well, it said uh, there's three brother generals that were supposed to command the vast armies of the golden Entity's domain. Each were given a different temperament and a strong will of their own. Uh, As we know, the first Lion Knight is a complete failure. The second Lion Knight is most attached to human industry and artistry. He he cultivates a very civilized appearance um, and he prides himself on graceful swordsmanship and things. Um, He is the most human of the golden entities, creations, at least physically. But he's completely obsessed with understanding man because he just, well, he doesn't feel anything. He's like... Outside of the stage, there's nothing. He's like um, incapable of emotion. He's just a distant husk. He just kind of doesn't do anything whatsoever. And he kind of, he wants to understand what it is to be a survivor, what it is to have emotions and things like that.
0: Um, Kind of akin to Frankenstein's monster in a way.
2: Yeah, in a way, yeah. Although Frankenstein's monster really was far more human than, um, you know, if you read the book, it's probably one of the most human characters in there. So, he's yeah, he's kind of, I think, like, very much like a real traditional full-blown sociopath, like, just – but but an alien creature rather than actually a, a human who's been – suffered a quirk of birth, um, <clears throat> whatever. It is. We don't know exactly what he is to drive sociopaths and the like, but uh, what causes them I should say. But anyway, yeah, he's incapable of emotion. He's trying to learn it through other people. Um, and then – so he travels around with his retinue, who are like um, – these are three women. Their names are Ash, Ryan and Sam. They're scholars. They are raised and educated in the Lion Knights' private museums. They live a life of luxury and discovery. They quite often travel out with the Lion Knights. They go grand art collecting and all of that. They're like some of the most knowledgeable women in all of Kingdom Death, but the whole world. They, um, they actually know some of the white speaker stories. They like know the secrets of aging. They've got eternally healthy and youthful bodies um, they are like very, very powerful. I think collectively the three of them might be more powerful than the Lion Knight himself. Uh, they're certainly very mischievous, and they they cultivate a very deceiving appearance. Like you know, it's very easy to look at them and go, "Oh, they're not wearing very much." You know, they're just obviously like slaves or something like that, or you know, servitors or or courtesans. But it's none of that. They're like something. There they're is scholars. They're they are kind of his bodyguards in many ways and they're sort of possibly there to keep an eye on him. So that's what we know about the Lion Knight from the various bits of lore and where he comes from. Uh, the rest you learn from fighting him and um, just how like well, he's a, he's an interesting character if nothing else. Certainly unique within the world of Kingdom Death.
0: Yeah, very unique and without spoiling uh, much of what we're about to talk about, uh, this definitely, the first time we fought the Lion Knight, I had a head-scratcher moment, and I think Josh could probably uh, join in as well and say that it was very different uh, compared to what we're used to in this environment.
1: Yeah, the uh, the flavor behind this expansion is a little different than the other ones.
2: Yeah, yeah it certainly is.
0: Alright,
1: so uh, how does this
0: Lion Knight basically show up to the settlement?
2: You've kind of summed it up there, he just sort of shows up. Um Lantern Year, I need to get this right, Lantern Year 6, you have the the event An Uninvited Guest, which is a lot different to many of the other events. Um, If somebody's got it there and they'd like to just read it out so I can have a rest after talking about his background.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Let me get to that page. All right, so we have an uninvited guest. Uh, they awoke to find someone new standing at the center of their settlement, still as a statue. A lion-like creature with razor claws stood, seeing everything and saying nothing. They wondered if even alive. Uh, they wondered if it was even alive. But the boldly curious reported an electrifying gl- uh, gaze in its still eyes. What is this creature? Why is it here? Trembling, the Survivors Deliberate. Uh, so what is this creature? has a is highlighted red, and it's got a little offshoot text there. And that says, The Settlement gains the Stoic Statue Innovation. Add the Stoic Statue to the Settlement's innovations on the Settlement Record. Uh, so do you want to talk about that or proceed forward with the event?
2: We'll talk about the um, innovations altogether and the other bits uh, afterwards. Okay.
0: Uh, so Deliberate, add... The story event places everyone to the timeline two years from now. Each player nominates one survivor, then the group rolls a d10. So this allows you to pick some people from the settlement. So if you know what's coming, uh, you can kind of realign your strategy here. Uh, So the first choice here is if you roll a 1 through 3. Distracted by the new presence, the survivor's attempt at labor amount to little. Uh, No matter where they go, the Lion Knight's eyes seem to follow them. Minus two endeavors. Uh, if you have uh, drums and you roll a two or a three there, uh, they beat them wildly to drive the Lion Knight's gaze out of their minds. A random nominated survivor gains the Corporal Lalia disorder. So Corporal Lalia, remind me again what that is? Oh, wait, you don't know? I, I do. It just makes me giggle and I wanted to hear someone say it.
2: Uh, it's from the core game and basically... Uh, you have compulsive tics in the form of sporadic muttering, cursing, whimpering, and screaming. All your gear is noisy. You're always a threat unless you're knocked down, even if an effect says otherwise. It's kind of like the end of your hunting career.
0: Yes, and then Corporal yeah, kind of directly translates to uh, potty mouth, right? Something to that extent?
2: Uh, yes, yeah. They uh, also call it um, uh, Tourette's. Tourette's Syndrome. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, then for the four to seven roll, the survivors timidly place offerings at the Lion Knight's feet, but it just stares and stares. Each nominated survivor gains a random disorder. And again, we've got a special designation here. So if you roll a five through seven and have face painting, the survivors cope by decorating their faces in the likeness of the strange arrival. The nominated survivors each gain plus four insanity. And then finally, for an 8 through 10, the unmoving figure is heralded by the salva- uh, as the salvation of the settlement and worshipped. Gain plus 2 endeavors. The nominated survivors gain plus 2 understanding and may not endeavor during the settlement phase. And again, special designation here on a 9 to 10. If you have Symposium, the survivors resolve they must be prepared for whatever good or ill omen, uh, whatever ill this omen portends. Gain the nightmare training innovation at no cost and plus 3 endeavors. So it's uh, kind of encouraging you to do some Nightmare training there.
2: Yep. It's, um, on the whole, this event's pretty benign. Uh, and the basic rule is don't use anyone who you want to go out hunting as one of your nominated survivors, because the best they're going to get is four Insanity or two Understanding. Um, on the whole, though, you know, this is like, if you've innovated Symposium, uh, 20% chance to get Nightmare training is pretty good.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, plus three Endeavors ain't too shabby either.
2: No, no, it's not too bad at
0: all. All right, so we added places, everyone, to that uh, story timeline there. Is that what we're going over next?
2: Yep, that happens two years later in Latin Year 8.
0: So we've got uh, places, everyone. Suddenly, three more figures appear, stirring up a commotion. Despite the whirlwind of activity around it, the Lion Knight remains still. With exacting haste, two women make a clearing in the settlement around the Lion Knight, while a third writes disinterestedly in a massive ancient tome. An array of ornate, unidentifiable props and costumes is pulled out of the darkness, the dark armoire and meticulously arranged around a makeshift stage. Survivors must depart the settlement phase for a special showdown with the Lion Knights. Choose your departing survivors now and nominate them to take the stage. So for take the stage, this is another event where you're rolling a d10, a 1 to 2, As they approach the stage, the nominated survivor with the highest hunt XP, and then randomized in case of ties, suddenly feels the gaze of innumerable eyes and is overcome by paralyzing fright. It is possible—or, I'm sorry, if possible, choose another survivor to replace the uh, the frightened one. So you uh, swap out your frightened survivor there. They get stage fright, per se. Three through four, one of the women approaches the survivor with the highest insanity from behind, again randomized in case of ties, she whispers in their ear, and the survivor laughs maniacally and begins dancing in an unfamiliar way. The dancing survivor gains the Immortal disorder and minus one permanent evasion. Uh, so, Fen or Josh, can you give a clarification on Immortal, please?
1: Uh, immortal is if you are insane, all physical damage you take is taken as brain damage, and and you can't use survival.
2: Yep, that's while you're insane, easy to forget yeah. So busy reveling in your own glory, you can't spend survival.
0: That's pretty nasty, is not spending survival. Unless, of course, you've got, like, sweet battle, but still.
2: Or if you've got, say, I don't know, a thousand insanity?
0: Yeah, in that case, uh, you could just take whatever comes your way.
1: It's all those uh, spend a survival or die is uh, your biggest weakness.
0: Absolutely. So six through eight... Uh, everything falls silent. The only sound heard is the soft clicking as the motionless Lion Knight's claws begin to twitch and come to life. The nominated survivor with the lowest insanity, randomized in case of ties, gains the anxiety disorder. So, Josh or Fenn, what is the anxiety disorder? Am I giving you anxiety by asking?
2: No, I was just seeing if Josh uh, could remember. I, I, I
1: can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, I don't know the cards.
2: A good one. Um, it is uh, at the start of each showdown, unless you're wearing stinky gear, you get the priority target token.
0: Very good. Uh, so then on a 9 or 10, crossing the threshold of the stage, the survivors feel energized, their bodies light as a feather. The nominated survivors gain plus one evasion token and survival up to the survival's settlement survival limit at the start of the showdown. So that's a nice one there.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's not bad.
0: So places everyone is fairly benign. The anxiety order is not great. Immortal could be a hindrance. And then a one to two could just put some uh, monkey wrench into your plans as to who you've taken out. Uh, but otherwise it's nothing too debilitating in the grand scheme of things.
2: It isn't. But um, <clears throat> like as a general sort of, I think a good rule to have when you do play these is you the first time you encounter like someone like this, you shouldn't be sending your A-team in anyway. You should be pissed, having either a dedicated nemesis handling team um, which is how I play, or just putting, pulling four newbies out and putting them into the mix. Because that way you can kind of explore and learn the scenario, uh, at the showdown, without too much risk. Um, and so in which case, then, this kind of stuff is, isn't too bad. You know, if, if somebody gets minus one evasion and immortal, maybe they'll become useful. If someone gets anxiety, maybe they'll become a tank in the future. But on the whole, you're kind of like, it's, it's not so much a problem then
0: yeah and odds are the first time you're fighting something you're not going to be doing too stellar against them so even more of a reason to take out your B plus team B minus team
2: there's another reason and we'll get to that when we talk about the uh, rewards
0: alright so what is up next
2: well uh, I guess we should talk about the showdown and then we can move on to talking about the the bits that make the showdown so unique and interesting
0: alright so the showdown lion knight this is a nemesis encounter uh, there once was a monster who was shunned by its creator and left to wander the darkness, lost in the world of humans. It was driven insane in its attempts to comprehend them. Now the only re- reality it accepts exists deep inside its hollow, broken mind. Uh, so that's the showdown. The first level of the line Knight has a sparse showdown board. Uh, there are no terrain. And uh, as we progress to a level 2 plus Lion Knight, we get some unique terrain cards that are added. And uh, I don't know if you wanted to go over that first or talk about some of the uh, the setups for the Lion Knight in levels 1, 2, and 3.
2: Well, I think it's probably worth going through the the um, the special rules and the wrinkles that land in there. Uh, Josh, would you like to uh, lead us on the
1: rolls? Yeah. So one of the things Lion Knight gets uh, when we first set up is a... Uh, he adds these rolls. So there's a, these four roll cards that you get. Um, they got the little drama and uh, what's the other face on the back? Tragedy, tragedy and comedy. comedy. Yeah, tragedy, comma, comedy uh, on the back. But there are four different ones. So first up, we have the fool, which is when you gain this, reduce armor points at your waist location to zero because the fool's, the fool's holding his pants. Uh, at plus two to your severe injury rolls. So you can't die from severe injuries unless it's a head injury um well uh, bleed tokens of course too um and then for an activation you taunt the lion knight all knockdown survivors stand enraged the lionite drops everything targets you and performs outburst we'll talk about outburst in a second we will uh next up is the damsel you are not a threat you cannot gain the priority target token if you surge to attack the lion knight targets you and performs outburst at the end of your attack so you're kind of just you're the girl in distress, basically, and uh, no, no one thinks you're a threat. Next up is the ruler. So uh, while you have this, you suffer minus two movement. Um, and for an action, you can change cards with a survivor adjacent to you. So you could give them the rule card and you could take their card. And then last up is the most important one, the villain. Um, you were doomed, which I think this was retroed, So this means you just can't use survival, right, Fen?
2: This was changed to say you can't spend. Uh, I think you can't do survival actions. It was updated too. Uh, either way um, because of the in 1.3 being doomed just meant you couldn't do survival actions. Um, but then when they changed the way doomed work, when you were the villain in the scenario, you just couldn't do anything at all. You were just you'd stand still in one spot, unable to move or do anything. So they they did after I uh, brought it up. Travis from Tech Raptor took it to Adam, and. Um, they fixed it and changed it so you can't. I think you just can't do survival actions. Uh, it was in one of the Kickstarter updates. My printed copies downstairs. Um, I'll have a quick look just to confirm while you um, go on to the terrain cards, which are linked to the characters. All
1: right, and uh, then the other thing is, is, if you are the villain and you die, the showdown is over. The survivors are defeated, so the villain needs to stay alive. So these are our four actors in our play. So every play happens on. The stage. Unless you find a level one, then there's really no stage. Um, so on the stage, while the villain is on the stage, they ignore the effects of being doomed. So they, villain, can use survival actions on the stage.
2: Uh, yeah, the update is you can't spend survival at all while you are the villain.
1: All right, and did they update the stage card also to say that?
2: Uh, I don't think they did. Actually, oh, that's um, great. I will have a real quick look at the PDF.
0: Uh, Fen, quick question for you. Did you say that it says that you can't spend survival or you can't perform survival actions?
2: You can't spend survival. Let me get the PDF actually
0: fully loaded and I'll tell you what So to then, out. theoretically, if you've got, like, sweet battle, then you could still surge and attack uh, if you are the villain. Yep. So it's less of a hindrance if you've got that.
2: It is. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the stage doesn't work anymore. The stage needs to be routed as well which I think was uh, was probably missed when the team took a look at it, yeah. The stage originally says while the villain's on the stage, they ignore the effects of being doomed. It probably should say now while the villain is on the stage, they may spend survival.
1: Yeah, or, you know, just when they hit the trap card, they're not doomed and they can actually use survival. That, that's... It's for the one card.
2: Yeah, maybe. As it stands right now, you're right. It's just like ignore the trap card if you're on the stage. Uh, who knows? I think that's probably something... And um, one of us will have to send up to the design team to find out what their intent is, um, or maybe it has been changed in the updated expansion packs. who knows I don't have a one point five line Knight with the updated um roll uh roll survivors in the pack or anything
1: all right, so uh next up we have the balcony, which is while the damsel is standing on the balcony, the monster suffers minus one speed. Then for an action in a trap door, if the survivor is standing on the balcony place them knocked down in a space on the stage. The next up, we have the throne. If the ruler is standing on the throne at the beginning of their act, all survivors gain plus one survival. And So, good way to harvest more survival. Yeah, and then last up is the horn. Uh, for an activation, Hawk! Gain the priority to- target token. Archive the terrain tile. Use this only if you are the fool. So, it's a one-time get priority token as the fool.
2: Okay, so what you can see here, along with the terrain setup, is the start of what the Lion Knight is trying to do, which is create this play where the Lion Knight is the hero of the piece, protecting the damsel. The fool and the ruler are supporting characters. Um, The the fool should just bumble around being an idiot and the ruler should sit on the throne. The the Lion Knight wants the damsel to sit in the balcony. and then the Lion Knight wants, will kill the villain is pretty much like the Lion Knight's intention with this scenario. He's kind of like acting out. Well, it, like I say, he's, he's sort of cl- the claim of the Lion Knight is he's trying to understand people. But he's um, he seems to have, despite not having emotions, he's clearly an absolute egotist, very sort of self-important, almost narcissistic um and puts himself in this place of like, well, I'm obviously the hero of this scenario and this play is over when I say it is, you know, when I kill the villain. Um, <clears throat> and all the all the terrain ties to that as well. It's kind of uh, interesting when you look at the layout, you see the balcony sits up at the top of the board, like as if the balcony was hanging over everything. Um, and then you have the throne and the horn on sort of the left and the right hand sides, the stage right in the middle. Uh, I find it also interesting the the ruler obviously wears a very heavy robe um which is weighted down which is why they move slower i think by the looks of the picture as well you kind of get an impression the crown's quite heavy also so i guess it's the weight of responsibility of ruling or some some really like you know primary school uh symbolism
1: it also looks like there's like sandbags sewn into the bottom of it
2: yeah yeah it's definitely weighted when you look at the (laughs) The, the, the model as well for it. Um, poor Lucy's obviously struggling a great deal with the uh, the robe.
1: All right, so should we start talking about some of the traits the Lionite starts with?
2: Yep, let's go through the levels.
1: So first up, um, all the all 1 through 3s start with a zeal, and which is uh, at the end of each monster's turn, perform a basic action. So we're going to be doing a basic action at the end of every turn. We'll talk about this basic action just in a minute. And then the other card, all the level have is outburst which is outburst target loses one survival exchange their roll card with the villain discard any unresolved ai cards perform basic action then if it is the lion knight's turn end it so it's kind of let you manipulate what the lion is uh lion knight's doing it and kind of make them target you especially the villain's about to get killed
2: yeah, uh, we're going to talk about outburst and the fool and all of the roles and everything. Or at least I'm going to run through something when we get after we've been through the AI. Um, but it's worth setting that to one side so you can pull it back up for people to see. Just remember this outburst trait because it's very sort of um, it, it's very key towards handling the lion knight in a in a very fast and simple way.
0: So I'd like to take a second and talk flavor wise about that card. It's really funny to think about that. It's his like you're not performing your action correctly, so he gets upset with you, and he has an outburst, and he's like, "Fine then, you know what? You're going to be the villain. I'm going to kill you."
2: Yeah, exactly. He's uh, that's what I mean. Uh, he's quite sort of egotistical and narcissistic, even though he's supposed to be emotionless. He's, he's very much a, a complete buffoon and an asshole, really.
1: All right, so next up is for level two, we get Dramatic Lessons. Uh, so this is at the start of the showdown, the line Knight gains either a plus one speed token if the settlement has the black mask innovation or the plus one damage token if the settlement has the white mask innovation. So that all depends on how your first fight ends up. Correct, Ben?
2: Yep, and then obviously how your second fight ends up affects your third fight.
1: Then last up for the level three is The Last Act. When the villain dies, instead of ending the showdown, archive a random survivor's roll card. That survivor becomes the villain. So uh, everyone's going to slowly become the villain, and, and Lion Knight's going to try to kill them all.
2: Yeah, so it's a different to um, the way it normally could work, is that if you fought the level one, you could let him kill the villain and the scenario be over and you only lose one person. When you get to the level three, that's not happening. He is going to keep going until everyone is dead, or or he is defeated or, you know, so it's it's an interesting twist because not so much because the third one is different, because actually the third fight's more like a normal nemesis fight, it's because the first the second one gives you this, this alternative option of how to get out of things. You can actually play along with him and let him kill the villain.
0: Make him feel better about himself.
2: Absolutely, pander to him. And you'll sort of see as we go a bit on, talk about the intermission story event. This is very much like about pandering to the Lion Knight.
1: All right. Uh, So real quick, we'll just go over each level a little bit. Um, The level one has uh, 13 life, uh, 10 basics, 2 advance, 7 movement, 10 toughness. Um, Level two is going to go to 16 health with 8 movement and 12 toughness uh and then level 3 will be 21 health with 12 basics, 9 advance, 9 movement, 15 toughness, plus 1 speed, plus 1 damage. So kind of tame for like ramp up compared to I think the other nemesis and other monsters.
2: Yeah, he's he's not super tough or powerful, um which is pretty good, but part of I think that is is because mechanically one of the four survivors is more hampered than usual.
1: All right, so ready? to Talk about uh, his basic actions.
2: Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get this show on the road.
1: All right, so let's first up. Well, since I have it up, uh, his instinct is catwalk. The lion knight full moves forward, uh, full moves towards the villain and the monster's turn. So he's just going to walk up to the villain when he has uh, nothing else to do. Uh, but I his thought,
2: yeah, and his was- you're about to his basic, weren't you?
1: Yeah. So his basic is uh, he's going to pick target, which is the villain. Uh, then he's going to move attack target. It's going to be a four speed right out of the gate, two plus accuracy, two damage. And then after damage, target suffers bash. So that's a lot of speed to start off at level at year eight.
2: Yep, yeah, it certainly is. It's a lot to deal with. And you got to remember that the villain is at least initially randomly determined as well. So, I mean, this you, this might be on the person you've got with the least evasion.
1: All right, we're ready to start getting into its basic cards. Let's do it. All right, the first four I'm going to do all at once. We have right swipe and left swipe. There's two of each, and they're exactly the same besides, like, the little tar text at the end. So right swipe is pick threat, closest threat facing in range, otherwise closest survivor in range, no target catwalk. Move and attack, it's a four speed, two plus accuracy, two damage. After damage, target suffers bash and knock back seven to the monster's left. And then, so that's right swipe, left swipe would be to the monster, you would get knocked back to the right. Yeah, to the right. So the exact same cards. Just he's doing his big swiping action. That you could kind of see in the showdown picture of uh, him just destroying people.
2: Yeah, he's uh, cutting up a poor chap wearing Phoenix armor.
1: Can you even get Phoenix armor by level one, White Lion, or le- Lion God?
2: <laughs> but not not by level one unless you've uh, you've deja vu'd or um, clinging mist. No. So uh, this is probably the level. Well, maybe by level two turns up, you might be able to if you were really lucky and went hard against Phoenix, but more likely you wouldn't have full Phoenix armor before, the, until the level three. I think it's more for dramatic effect
0: than anything else. I see what you did there. Dramatic effect. It's, acting. I, yeah.
2: I don't understand what you mean.
0: I was hoping you would. I was grasping at straws there. Matthew, I think to take next card? Sure thing. So the next card here is Hyperactive Strike. Uh, So this is pick target, the closest non-villain threat in range, Uh, then the closest survivor in range, and then no target. He's going to do his his, uh, catwalk action. So you get a flow and then move an attack, 4 speed, 2 plus accuracy, 2 damage, and then after damage, target suffers bash, full move the Lion Knight towards the villain. Any survivors passed over gain a bleeding token. So he's going to go and find someone that's not the villain, knock them out of his way, and then go back towards the villain.
2: Yeah, he's kind of forgotten what he's doing there, and um, lost control a little bit, sort of like you know, he's he's clearly doesn't really even understand the, the scenario he's set up properly sometimes, like, he gets overwhelmed or whatever, and just kind of it's like, oh, I'm going to go hit them, and then suddenly remembers, hang on a minute, this is supposed to be a play I'm the hero, I should be attacking the villain not the damsel so, yeah It's a little bit of character and flavor and just to vary up the way he targets as well.
1: So as we're talking about this, this catwalk thing, I just imagine him doing like fashion model, like Zoolander catwalk kind of thing.
2: I think that's intentional. Yeah. I imagine like if you, at least in his mind, he's probably surrounded by sparkles and you know, when he turns the music swells and he uh, throws a, a little bit out of, um, what's it called? Um, What's, what, what's 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 Zoolander's signature move? Blue steel. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> if he was uh, if he wasn't wearing that lion mask, he'd be doing blue steel.
0: He's doing it underneath the lion mask. All right. So next up, we have here Vein Strike. So this is the closest threat facing in range, closest survivor field of field of view in range, not in field of view, just closest survivor field of view, uh, and then no tar- target catwalk. Uh, flow and then roll a d10 if the result is less than the target's courage the lion knight huffs and steams gaining plus one speed for the attack uh so if you have more courage he gets upset at you and is gonna add plus one speed to it Uh, it's already a four speed attack two plus accuracy for two damage and then after damage target suffers bash and bleed one so he has got some pretty nasty b cards
1: just a quick note all these cards are four speed besides one of them all right so what do we have next Next up is a comedic relief. So pick tool target fool in range, if otherwise uh, he's gonna catwalk. Move and attack target, uh four speed, two plus accuracy, four damage, after damage, target suffers bash, and all over survivors gain one survival. So they found it funny that he attacked the fool. But that's that's pretty nasty, especially like consider that the fool has no waste armor, so like if you get hit in the waste you're just gonna like really take some damage
2: yeah that's the thing like he's um he, he's uh he, the fool does get their plus two to the severe injuries but this card's kind of designed to slam some severe injuries onto the fool just not fatal ones
1: all right next up we have retaliate uh so this is the last survivor to wound uh then closest threat no target catwalk move and attack target four speed two plus accuracy two damage after damage target suffers bash and knockback seven Afterwards, full move the monster towards the center of the showdown board. Any survivors passed over again, one bleed token. This is pretty tame compared to the other ones.
2: It's also a bit reminiscent of the white lion. If you recall, has a similar card. Different stats, but the same kind of like attacking the last person to wound.
1: All right. Next up is break a leg. Closest threat facing in range. Otherwise, closest survivor. Uh, move uh, on the target. Catwalk. Move and attack target. Three speed, two plus accuracy, two damage. After this attack always hits the target's leg location. So he's literally breaking a leg. Absolutely. Punny. All right. I'm going to read this wrong. So Matt, I'll give this one to you. Soliloquy. How would you say it, Josh? Soliloquy? Que? Something? There
0: you go. Soliloquy. Uh, so soliloquy is all non-deaf survivors, which is very nicely thematic there because the soliloquy is the speech that he's doing. Uh, so then a flow place the lion knight in the center of the showdown board. So he's taking center stage, and then intimidate targets. All targets suffer brain damage equal to the monster's level and lose an equal number of survival. If this reduces any survivor, any target's survival down to zero, the survivor is also knocked down. So that's. That's kind of nasty. Uh, Losing survival is always bad, but luckily there is a survival regain mechanism within this showdown.
1: Only if it's a level two plus.
0: Yep. Very true.
1: Then we have the next card is the one mood he has in place. That was the one the Intimidated action. This is the one mood, which is wire fighting. Um, Whenever the Lion Knight targets the villain, it gains plus five movement for its next movement action. When the Lion Knight is knocked down, discard this card. So this is a really wants to hurt the villain.
0: I imagine this in my head is like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, with the lion knight zooming all around the board, doing crazy aerial acrobatics.
2: <laughs> Either that, or it's like a Spider-Man the musical.
0: Oh god! <laughs> oh Jesus! And it, does he have web in action?
2: <laughs> yeah, that, and he falls off the stage and onto the audience. Yeah, it's a, a nice little thematic card. This, so you've got to, you got to wonder, really. He's probably not wire fighting at all. He's almost certainly using some of their abilities to move around as if he was wire fighting because there's nothing above him, no, uh, no uh, scaffolding to hang wires from or anything.
0: Wires from the heavens.
1: You make him sound like a puppet. Alright, and then the last basic card we have is Encore. Place the Lion Knight in the center of the showdown board. Place all survivors on the spaces where they started the showdown. Remove all roll cards from all survivors. A random survivor gains the villain roll card, shuffle the remaining cards, and give one to each other survivor so uh just gonna start over almost
2: yep same as before just once more yeah it's uh worded the way it is to make sure that if uh there are less than four survivors still alive one of them will guarantee to be the villain
1: all right now to the advance cards first up is a uh, backside kick so this is one of the few cards that isn't four speed so there's only two cards that are not four speed cards um the other one break a leg and it's the backside kick now um it's always when he's attacking. No, the other one. that, that I got that wrong. Uh, pick target, fool, in range. No target, catwalk. Move and attack target. Two speed, two plus accuracy for four damage. Target suffers, after damage, target suffers bash and knockback ten. They counter board edge before the end of knockback movement. Continue moving them along the board edge until they have moved ten spaces. It's a, a nasty kick.
2: Well, you've got to get them laughs when the fool's taking a beating.
1: No plus one survival for everyone, though.
2: Well, it's not funny for anyone apart from the lion, Knight.
1: Next up is, uh, Jealous Rage. Pick target. Closest survivor to the damsel. Uh, otherwise the closest survivor. No target catwalk. Move and attack. Four speed, two plus Actually, two damage. After damage, target suffers batch and knockback seven. Then full move the lionite through the damsel. If there is no damsel, turn the monster to face away from the target and full move forward. Any survivors passed over suffer grabbed instead. So he's gonna grab the damsel and run away with her?
2: Yep, he's, uh, he's gonna... In a fit of jealous rage, swoop her up away from uh, whoever it is that he's pictured as being a suitor and uh, drag her off and then dump her on the floor, possibly injuring her in the process because he's uh, not a very good hero.
1: Next up is Heroic Feet. Full move towards the villain. Big target, villain, no target, catwalk. Uh, move and attack target. It's a 4 speed, 2 plus actually 2 damage. Um, And then there is a persistent injury torn cape. The Lion Knight trips and is knocked down. So this seems like it's one of those cards that gives you the opportunity to kind of mess with uh, the Lion Knight and switch roles on him while uh, he's doing this.
2: Yeah, you could use the horn to interrupt this in the middle. Um, As for for the other part you've uh, mentioned, we'll talk about that in detail um, after we finish with the AI cards.
1: All right, next up is Whirlwind. Full move t- towards the closest survivor. The Lion Knight becomes a flurry of claws. All survivors suffer knockback five towards the Lion Knight. Uh One at a time, target and attack each survivor in the zone of claws. It's four speed, two plus actually two damage. After damage, target suffers bash, bleed one, and knockback seven. So this is him trying to just kill everything and be a giant mess.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the old classic... um like video game whirlwind type thing, monster spins around on the spot and drags everyone in trope.
1: Next up is Megalomania. Uh, pick target, closest non-villain threat in range. Uh, otherwise closest survivor, no target catwalk, move and attack, four speed, two plus actually two damage. After damage, target suffers knockback eight and trades rolls with the villain. So, uh, changing things around on us.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a bit like, uh, hey, I've just attacked you, uh, now you get to be the villain because I couldn't be wrong and have attacked the wrong person. Oh no.
1: And then we have Regicide. Uh, pick target, ruler and range, no target, catwalk. Move and attack target, four speed, two plus actually, four damage, after damage. If the attacker damages the target's body location, they suffer the disemboweled, severe body injury. So, nasty. Um, And so their movement will go down to one, and they can't be the last survivor on the board.
2: Yep, that's it. If the last survivor, they is dead. Yeah.
1: All right. Now we have the three mood cards. So first up is crowd pleaser. When this comes into play, perform a basic action. Uh, When attacking the villain, the lion knight gains plus one damage. When attacking the lion knight, the villain gains plus four strength. So actually, kind of a good mood, isn't it?
2: Well, one damage is way scarier than the benefit of gaining plus four strength, but um, it certainly could be worse. You've got to remember as well that the basic action is against the villain, so he'll get the first attack against the villain also. It's, um, and <clears throat> the uh, the Lion knights, of course, because of Zeal, will uh, basic action attacking the villain, and then will use Zeal to attack the villain again. So... If you survive and get to your turn, then you've probably got a good shot at uh, scoring some wounds on the Lion Knight, but um, it's a matter of surviving.
1: The next up, we have Upstage. When this comes into play, place the Lion Knight in the center of the showdown board. While this is in play, the Lion Knight has plus one speed and plus one damage token. Discard this card when the Lion Knight is critically wounded or a survivor dies. And then last up, we have the Spotlight, uh, which is when this comes into play, perform basic action. While this is in play, the Lion Knight has no blind spot. Um, and I, I like the little picture of the spotlight with all the lanterns in it
2: yeah it's a pretty cool um cool picture i think uh, if I remember correctly the one who wears the mask all the time is ash so that's ash there with the uh, the spotlight or at least that's uh speculated to be ash but it's very cool um, it's been a long time since I've seen this card hit play it's um it's not too bad really basic action a bit harsh losing the blind spot is not a Big issue with the Lion Knight. You just lose a little bit of the benefit of plus one accuracy. Okay, that's all of them, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's all there is. No legendary cards, nothing super special.
2: Yeah, well, he's he, hes not really ever reaches the level of the kind of thing you'd expect for a legendary nemesis monster. I mean, he doesn't um, climb to the heights of the level three Butcher or Kingsman or the level four Manhunter. Um, even though he does turn up with the level three Manhunter in... Uh, all aboard the Nemesis Train, Lantern Year 16. Don't you just love that year?
1: Uh, the year that takes us like a month to stream because there's so many fights.
2: <laughs> yeah, it takes forever to get through. Uh, green armor, hey? Um, yeah, so a uh, little bits of summary. First of all, six of his AI cards will target the closest threat in facing, um, and then we will move on to the closest survivor in range, sometimes in field of view, sometimes just the closest survivor. But normally, like like, uh, six of them is the closest threat. One AI card will target the last survivor to wound. Two target the fool. Two target the closest non-villain threat. Uh, The only intimidate action he has hits all non-death survivors. Um, The heroic feat targets the villain. The red side is one for the ruler. Uh, Whirlwind is closest survivor as well. And then jealous Rage is closest survivor to the damsel. Um, so he doesn't ever directly target the damsel as such, uh, and as the damsel isn't a threat um, as well, then she's quite unlikely to be targeted, targeted a lot of the time. She might get hit sometimes if uh, if he can't find a closest, um, closest threat, and then he'll, he picks her as closest survivor, but for the most part, he will not target the damsel. And rarely targets the ruler, which is pretty good because the ruler is seriously hampered in this scenario unless they have something that gives them a lot of extra movement, like, say, Harvestman or something similar. Um, I thoroughly recommend leather armor in this sort of like, scenario because if you can get um, the ruler to be wearing leather, it hurts a bit less.
1: Or you get the ruler to be wearing a bow and then it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, if they got range. Okay, so... There is sort of one particular thing that um, is worth going through and noting like this is one of the reasons i don 't rate the lion Knight very much is because uh, while the scenario is uh, super flavorful like your you're play- actors playing in the stage you've got a choice you can count out to the to the lion knight and be like hey okay we 're going to play what you want you can fight be the hero kill the villain woo or you can be like no we're not going to do that we're going to resist against you and we're going to like act out and then the Lion, you know, Lion Knight will rage and hit other people and, and so on which is very flavorful. Unfortunately the Lion Knight has like a fundamental best way to describe it is programming bug in his AI. Um, now you have to have Surge before it becomes apparent but essentially a few sort of bits and pieces to note first of all if the ruler is sat on the throne then you're going to Every, at the beginning of the Ruler's Act, they're they all survivors are going to get plus survival. And as you noted, you want a bow on the Ruler. So if you get the Ruler sat on the throne with a decent range bow, that's the first piece of the puzzle. Everybody's got like a decent amount of survival to play with. Secondly, you're going to need Surge. But let's face it, everyone gets Surge. Um, then we can pretty much ignore the balcony, the stage. The horn's like a little get-out-of-jail-free card that sometimes you can use. Um, But essentially, what you're looking to do here is the ruler's on the throne, the damsel gets close to the lion knight, the fool moves onto one far side of the board along the... uh, So, like, uh, near one of the short edges, and the villain will move to the other side. So they're very far apart. Um, All they need to be is a few squares further than the lion knight's movement, um, which I think is like... uh, How is it? Um... It's seven to start with and then climbs to eight and finally ends at nine with a level three. Okay, so say you're like... Those two are like, say, 15 squares apart, okay? Can you you picture that, guys?
0: Yeah, I can manage that.
2: Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> what happens now is the Lion Knight draws his card for his turn uh, and activates um, and, picks it, and picks his target, okay? So he'll pick the... Um, like the, whatever it is, uh, the, the, the closest. Sorry, I think you need to be a bit further apart. But anyway, as far apart as possible. Um, so he picks his target and um, starts moving over. And what you do is you outburst. Um, you, you use the fool to um, taunt the Lion Knight. Uh, he'll drop everything. So he stops, he discards discard the card. He doesn't care about that. He targets you and he performs outburst. So then you become the villain and he comes running at you, performing the basic action. Okay, so if you are outside his movement range, he'll run towards you and then cuz he can't reach you he doesn't attack you and his turn ends as per outburst okay so say you're 10 squares away he runs 7 towards you stops ends his turn all right so he's not his turn's been wasted his ai card's been discarded he doesn't do zeal because it's his turn's ended the card has um uh, stopped it happening um and then the damsel moves in and slaps him about a bit and the ruler will shoot him from the um from range and the now new villain will step in and hit him. So he gets hopefully attacked three times in that turn. Then on his next turn, he draws a new AI card and during the flow step, and there's a flow step on like almost every single card he has, um, the new Fool will then surge and perform Outburst. And he'll run back the other way across the stage towards the new Fool, who will then become the villain. And essentially you kite the Lion Knight and he runs back and forth across the stage, and never attacks anyone. It costs survival, but that's okay, because the ruler is handing you survival every single turn, so th- this is obviously, it doesn't work with the level 1, but you probably don't have Surge at that point anyway, or you may not, but this is how you just, the level 2 and the level 3 are zero threat if you do this, or virtually no threat at all. Very rarely will they get to do anything, and I think it's a shame that you can do this, like, it's crazy really, but uh, that that's it, and that's this is like what it's the same with the Kingsman, like this is one of those nemesis monsters where there's a really cheesy way of neutering almost everything they do and it's a shame. Um, but there you are. So for those of you who are like I don't care about the lion I've had enough, you just toss four four random survivors in in the first fight and let him kill the um, let him kill the villain and move on. And then from in the level two and the level three you just he never gets to attack ever. So There you are.
0: I did not even think about doing that, but yeah, that uh, definitely saps some of the excitement out of it, um, which is a pity because this has the potential to be a very uh, tough nemesis to to fight against and could provide a lot of interesting challenges. But using that strategy, it—I uh, mean, obviously you're you're more than capable of not doing that, but it it's a pity that that's even an option.
2: Yeah, I can see that with the design, they wanted to make it that you could kind of do these outbursts to sort of move him around. Um, I mean, you, there's an extra element to it. You can actually also, if the damsel has a bow, then they can surge to attack to start doing it as well. Um, but usually with a bow, you're more likely to be within range for him to reach you. But yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a shame. And I genuinely think that what's needed is basically a faku clarification to say that even if his turn ends without burst he still gets to zeal so you will still have to take him coming in and making a basic action against you because you're not going to be able to avoid him if he's moving 16 squares or 18 squares so that's, that's essentially all I think that's needed to be done um, but still even if you're doing that then all he's doing the whole fight is just basic actions against the villain and that's kind of it's not fun all the flavour of the fight is lost but uh, at least you'd have all the flavor of the hit locations. So let's uh, let's take a look at these.
1: So Matt, you want to go over these? Uh, first up, we have Stage Fright. There are four of these hit locations in the deck.
0: I'm working on pulling those up right now. Uh, so Stage Fright here, this is a reflex uh, reaction. The attacker loses two armor points at a random hit location. If they are adjacent to the monster, the attacker suffers knockback seven Full move the Lion Knight towards the attacker. If your wound attempt failed, place this card back on top of the hit location deck instead up on the discard pile. So this is this is mean. This is just him taking away all, all your armor if you can't hit it.
1: Interesting thing is it doesn't knock you down, so you get knockback seven, he follows you, and if you had another hit location, you could still keep attempting the wound. So it just kind of pushes the fight around the board.
0: That's true. Alright, so what do we got up next?
1: We got the Valiant left and right leg. So they're pretty much the same cards. Uh, slight text difference.
0: Okay. Uh, so the Valiant left leg here is a wound reaction. And that's the Lion Knight feints left. Turn the monster to face the attacker. Then without turning, move it two spaces to its left. So he's just going to slide to the left. So he's doing the cha-cha slide right now. And then he's going to slide to the right. <laughs> exactly. Does, does he have, like, two hops this time? Everybody, you know, freeze everybody, clap your hands. All right,
1: we'll have to see.
0: Okay, so up next we've got what, Josh? The Valiant Buckle. Valiant Buckle. So this is a reflex reaction. Cancel this reaction if the attacker has any noisy gear in the gear grid. Turn the Lion Knight to face the attacker and move one space backwards. So he's going to take a step back from you. And then this does have a crit location here. So Ding! All survivors gain a survival roll a d10 on a 6 plus the line knight is locked down knocked down. So ding you're hitting him in the buckle so this is the the uh, the groin shot. Yeah, and there's actually two of these. <laughs> so thematically that's why you got a ding. You're getting the comical stage ding from hitting him uh, below the belt.
2: What do you think the law reason is for the cancel if you have any noisy gear grid? Think he hears them coming for the low
0: blow is it? his cat light reflexes. So yeah, it's interesting that we've got two of those in there. Um, it's a all big, right. Next. Sorry. Go ahead, fam. Very big buckle, big buckle. Uh, then we've got the valiant pauldron. Uh, what, what is a pauldron? It's a shoulder piece.
1: And there's ah, two of these cards right. too. So I guess it's
0: the left and right one. Uh, So this has a wound reaction of cancel this reaction if the attacker has any noisy gear in the gear grid. Turn the Lion Knight to face the attacker and move three spaces forward. Uh, So he's charging at you now, lowering the shoulder. And uh, critical wound location here. So a piece of the Lion Knight's armor flies off. The monster gains a minus one toughness token. So it's looking like you don't want to go with any noisy gear to this fight.
2: Yep, absolutely not. Although the... um... Places everyone might decide otherwise for you.
0: Oh, okay. So what do we have next, Josh? got his Valiant cape. And this is... Is this the... This is the Paisley cape.
2: It's not Paisley on my one.
0: I absolutely love the... Uh, the paisley design you put on that. Uh, so for anyone, in the side an aside here, anyone that's watched the stream, uh, Fen painted our lion. We painted almost everything, uh, but the lion knight has a wonderful paisley cape. So that's his valiant cape here, and it's an impervious reaction, uh, impervious location, and the reflex reaction of turn the monster up, op- uh, turn the monster opposite its current facing. That is, oh geez, uh, if the attacker is adjacent to the lion knight, they suffer bash. So this is another critical one here. Uh, so critical wound the line knight is knocked down and persistent injury torn cape so this is the one that's going to make him trip
1: yeah but yep. you don't do any damage you just you just destroy his cape a little bit and make him sad so after his cape what do we have his dauntless repel he has two of these
0: all right so the dauntless repel is a first strike location and also a parry location So wound attempts on this location fail unless the wound roll result is critical. Uh, So this is, if you hit with a guitar, you are knocked down and end your attack. So reaction failure here is all adjacent survivors suffer bash and knockback seven, and then full move the Lion Knight towards the closest threat. So he's going to throw everyone off of him and then move towards whoever is still standing. And then a critical wound here is is this fight even real game plus three insanity? Uh, so you kind of get a idea here that maybe he's just toying with you all because he's having fun.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, for the, from the survivor's point of view, this is really weird, very bizarre. And then there's this realization, maybe this like, hang on, is it's for him. It's not even a fight. What's going on? Um, it's worth noting as well, because these are parry locations, they have an interaction with the, um, Lion Knight, uh, sorry, the Flower Knight, because Flower Knight gives fencing, and fencing allows you to ignore parry.
0: Speaking of parry, we've got the Bladed Parry. So this is another first strike parry location, and this has a failure reaction. Uh, Turn the Lion Knight to face the attacker. The monster gains plus two toughness until the end of the attack. Another critical wound here, uh, Persistent Injury Jitters. The Lion Knight suffers minus one speed when it attacks the villain. So critting this one is uh, very nice, considering he's going to be attacking a villain a nice handful of the time. So you're going to be protecting the main target of his attacks.
1: All right. The next four we got all interact with each one interacts with one of the roles in the game. So first up is the noble breastplate. Noble breastplate.
0: So I'm assuming this is going to uh, be the ruler that it's going to interact with or so the Noble Breastplate, this is a failure reaction. So the Lion Knight is unimpressed if the attacker is the ruler. They're knocked down and gain a minus one luck token. So everyone hates luck, minus luck tokens. Uh, but this does have a crit here. So gain plus one survival if the attacker is the ruler. All other survivors gain plus one survival, and all knockdown survivors stand. So it's only good to hit this one if you're the ruler, if you're going to crit it. Otherwise, yep. boo on you.
2: What I mean... Um... Yeah, it's it's this one's good for anyone who isn't the ruler, really, to attack. I wouldn't really want to hit this if I was the ruler.
0: So next is the biting spleen. Uh, so this is a reflex reaction, and the lion knight tenses. If the attacker is the fool, the lion knight gains a minus two toughness until the end of the attack. So. Uh, pretty good to attack this one if you're the fool. And then the crit location here is the lion knight is flabbergasted. The attacker gains the priority target token, but if the attacker is the fool, the monster gains a plus one damage token. So it's a little inverse here of what you saw before, where uh, the specifically targeted survival role uh, is better to wound it and not crit it uh, compared to the other one, which is much better to crit it than wound it.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, um, It's interesting because you can kind of see how the uh, fight is sort of tailoring and saying if you're playing a certain type of character, they're better in certain roles. Like the ruler would be better off at range with critical hits, whereas the fool probably shouldn't be good at dealing critical hits. Um, Although it's a very light kind of theme, generally, as we know in the World of Kingdom Death, critical hits are normally good unless you're fighting the Manhunter.
0: Then we have the Lover's Heart, and uh, I think you can tell that this one's going to be targeting the damsel before I go any further. Uh, but it is a wound, uh, wound reaction, and the Lion Knight clutches its chest. If the attacker is the damsel, undo any wounds caused by this hit and perform heal one. So he's love-stricken with you. If you hurt him, it's going to heal him up, so he's going to get angry with you. Uh, and then if you critical wound him there, Cupid's arrow, the Lion Knight is knocked down. If the attacker is the damsel, the monster suffers an additional wound. So uh, again, you deal extra damage to him because the love of his life is hurting him so.
2: Yeah. I like this, the the design of this, where it's sort of, it kind of encourages you to take that risk and go for this location with the damsel because you can deal two wounds if you succeed, if you crit even. Um, But if you, if you wound then you're gonna like heal a wound which is sort of it's a nice kind of risk reward sort of scenario which i think is interesting design
0: and it's a potential three damage swing there uh for the lion knight so you're either healing him one or you're doing doing two damage to him so that's could definitely change the flow of the fight for sure uh, then we've got the fiendish brow, so reflex reaction, and the lionite is exhilarated. If the attacker is the villain, end their act and the survivor's turn. That's awful. And then the crit here is a snarl accompanied by a smile. The attacker draws an extra hit location for this attack. So you either get a chance to do one extra wound to him or you completely end the entire survivor's turn. So the only time it would kind of be in your favor there to attack this one is if your villain is attacking at the very end of the survivor's act there and you've already got everything else in place.
2: Yeah. Well, it's pretty easy to manipulate that if you're controlling the hit location. Um, But I I like it. Again, it's cool. It's like The Love's Heart in that it's sort of this risk-reward kind of thing.
1: And, Josh, what do we have up next? There's only two cards left, so next up is the Deathblow.
0: So the card uh, Cavernous Heart, and that's the Deathblow location. If the Lion Knight is defeated at this location by a survivor wearing the hideous disguise rare gear, the survivor suddenly finds themselves alone on the stage and surrounded by darkness. One by one, the members of the Lion Knight's retinue are illuminated in front of the survivor, each humming a tone as they become visible. Finally, a light appears above the survivor, as if on cue they find themselves humming along to complete the eerie harmony. The survivor gains the Ageless Apprentice's secret fighting art.
2: We'll talk about that next time, but uh, let's just say that this is very difficult to achieve because you have to, first of all, beat the Lion Knight in a previous fight, survive the rewards, which we we, we got time to talk about the rewards in this episode, or will we talk about them in the second half?
0: I think we might want to say that for the second half, just to make sure we've got uh, enough material for the second episode. Yeah.
2: But, uh, so, you've, so you say, yeah, we'll talk about the second half. So first of all, you have to have uh, achieved that, survive the rewards, gain the hideous disguise, and then land the blow, the death blow again. And if this is the level two Lion Knight, you then have to deal with the reward score a second time. So, Generally the best thing to do to try and score the death blow and get Aegis Apprentice, because you can really only get it on one person unless you're doing multiple timelines, is to in the aim for the win in the second year against the level two Lion Knight, score uh, and, and then the survivor that scores the hit should save themselves until the third fight and get in there and go for the death blow. Because actually Aegis Apprentice is one of my all time favourite. Secret Fighting Arts. I think it's really cool and really interesting and uh, there's a lot you can do with it but boy, this is not easy to get. This is up there with Silk Surgeon in how hard it is to get this.
0: So then finally, we've got everyone's favorite the trap card and this is Scene Change.
2: Change places!
0: (laughs) All survivors are doomed. Each player passes their survivor or survivors roll cards as they would pass the monster controller tile. Uh, perform basic action target the attacker so everyone's roles get changed up so this can throw a big monkey wrench into things and then he does a basic action so it's not a truly terrible trap card uh but it's got potential to really wreak havoc in your strategy
2: and as as we noted just earlier uh, at the moment with the way these stages worded the um if the villain it turns out to be the attacker, or become, if the attacker becomes the villain and they're on the stage, then they'd be allowed to dodge during this situation, where normally they wouldn't. Oh, very true. I'm pretty sure the stage is going to get eroded,
0: though. All right, so those are all of the hit locations for the Lion Knight. Uh, is there anything else that we are talking about for this session today?
2: Nope, I think that's it. Next time we're going to talk about the fighting arts, the disorders, the secret fighting arts, the tactics cards, the um, gear cards, the innovations, the rewards for the scenario, and the best part of the whole expansion, the hybrid armor sets, because there's a lot you can actually talk about with those.
0: Absolutely, and we just started using those hybrid armor sets in our stream, and uh, it's going pretty swimmingly with them. Which ones you got? Uh, the dancer armor and the warlord armor. Oh, nice. Good choices. All right. So Josh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrapped up today's session? I think we're good to wrap up. All right. Fantastic. So thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Great Game Hunters podcast. Uh, just to plug some stuff now, guys, please follow us. We are Twist Gaming. Follow us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and chat with us in our Discord channel, where the party never stops. i uh, you want to plug some of your stuff now?
2: Absolutely. You can find me at uh, Instagram.com forward slash Fen where I upload my painted miniatures at Patreon.com forward slash Fen where I put up my articles and um, all other sort of bits and pieces and sometimes also put up my painted um, miniatures and uh, do custom monster content and sometimes uh, giveaways and things. And also, I'm on Twitter as Fen Paints. Uh, I also have a Discord, um, uh, which is linked in my Patreon page. Uh, it's a bit quieter than yours, less of a party going on.
0: All right. So everyone also, uh, stay tuned for all of the Twist Gaming giveaways that we've got running right now. Josh, if you want to link that over uh, and hit that subscribe button if you like what you see. Other than that, stay tuned for the next episode of Great Game Hunters coming at you in probably about two weeks time. Right, gents? That's the
2: attention. yes.
0: Perfect. So, thank you all, and uh, have a good day. As usual, I'm Matt. I'm Josh.
2: And I am your host for the evening, the Lion Knight. Enjoy the show, or
0: else. Cue round of applause. Drop curtain, dim lights. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Good night, everyone.